This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Welcome in. Tom Stevens here, Mike Melby there. We together collectively combine for Husker Rewind every single week. And a good weekend for the Huskers in many different sports. Good weekend for Nebraska athletics. Nebraska athletics had a good weekend this weekend, baseball completed their first non-con sweep since 2005. Non-con road Road sweep. sweep. Yep. Road sweep. Yep. Uh, since 2005. After starting uh, 0-3-1, uh, they win three in a row. So they're now 3-3-1. They had eight home runs this weekend. And that really hasn't been the problem since uh, the offense started out poorly the first two games at San Diego after that it's not been the offense it's been the bullpen today Michael Garza coming out of the bullpen with six strong innings uh, didn't allow a run uh, and the bullpen didn't allow a run all weekend long so that looks uh, much better for Nebraska baseball the pitching in general was very good the offense explosive at times they win 9-3 today they scored 29 runs over the weekend um so Later on this hour, we're going to have from the Omaha World-Herald, Evan Bland on, and about an hour ago, he tweeted out, hey, let's have some fun with RPI early in the college baseball season with 50-plus games left before regionals. Uh, Nebraska currently sits third in the RPI <laughs> right now behind San Diego, who is 4-0-1 and Florida State. They had a guy that threw in the seventh inning 101 miles an hour. Uh, so they've, they've get, they actually pride themselves of having a very good pitching staff. It was not a bad baseball team that Nebraska played this weekend. They were 4-1 going in. Uh, now they're 4-4 four and four after the Nebraska sweep. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's hard to judge a team after the opening weekend, good or bad. Uh, and so I'm not judging them even now, but it looks a lot better than it did in the opening weekend. What we're learning is it's hard to judge a team at any point in the season <laughs> because you've got a Nebraska basketball team that – uh, had a three-game stretch, actually a four-game stretch, a four-game losing streak about five weeks ago, and you kind of wrote them off, and now they're one of the hottest teams in the country. If I so. would have said, even on this show, four weeks back, three weeks back, two weeks back, that Nebraska is going to win five of the next six, and you were high on them the entire year, you would have laughed at me. You, you just, you're drunk, Tom. You're, you're drunk. Go home. When they came back against Wisco, I I had said earlier back in, in before the two injuries – that I thought they would win their last six. I thought they'd beat Wisconsin, they'd get on a heater, and they'd, they'd ride that momentum to an NCAA tournament berth. Now, the two injuries happened. <laughs> Maybe I should have said you're the one that was drunk. Well, but this, is, this was before the injuries. And then the two injuries happened, and you and I were sitting here talking uh, after the game that Bandemel no. got hurt, and we were, I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure they can win another game. I, I didn't mean, think they, they could. They looked totally discombobulated, and it was one where – um, there was one game, and I can't remember which one it was, but there was some effort near the end. They were down, uh, you know, 15, 18, 20 points, whatever it was. And, and there's just some guys that just quit trying. Um, and, and, I mean, you could just tell that it, it just had war on them. Yeah. Um, they, they weren't diving on the floor for loose balls. They, weren't, they, they, they were just kind of going through the motions. Their cuts were like, excuse me, pardon me, as opposed to right. a sharp cut. Yeah. Uh, and then it changed the next game. They lost – and still lost by double digits, but you saw that fire, and then 
here we are, winners of five of six, and uh, Nebraska's 15 and 14. Uh, I've, I've said it before, and I never thought I would say this. I didn't think this team, like you said, I, I didn't know if they would win another game when Gary went down and then Bandamel went down. I, I thought, well, they're not going to win another game. Um, and they have. And I said this to you last week. I think I would almost pick this team yeah. over the healthy Husker team. They play. They still play hard. They're not as good defensively, but they're a much better shooting team than they were before. And if you foul Charlie Hoiberg late, well, you're you're just giving up two points because he's going to make the free throws. Well, his brother Sam might. Oh shit! Yeah, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But we should get Charlie as well on this team. They're they're twins. Uh, Charlie Hoiberg is yeah. the brother of Sam Hoiberg. I don't even know where that came from. Maybe I just need to get the starting game. Maybe I am drunk. Who knows? Uh, it is time for the starting gate, and here's Mike Melby. Speaking of the starting gate, uh, spent yesterday out at uh, Fauner in Grand Island. Had a uh, had a pretty good day. I, I was did you happy. really? Yeah, I, I did. I, I hit five exactas in a row. Well, and hit my first superfecta ever. It's awfully early in the season for horse racing. Racing, isn't it? I didn't know they started oh, at yeah. Fauner this early. Yep, every year. Wow. Second or third weekend in February every year out there. Was so. the weather okay? The weather- it's 45 degrees. Yeah. Well, so And you could be inside, right? Yeah, we were up in the clubhouse no and uh, you had a good snob. time. You snob. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that knows me knows I'm a snob. So. That's right. Uh, other than the horse racing yesterday, uh, Nebraska athletics overall, just a, a fantastic week. Nebraska men's team won for the fourth straight time yesterday, 78-67 over Minnesota program's first four-game winning streak since 2018. Sam Griesel led six Huskers in double double figures with 19. C.J. Wilcher had 12. Sam Hoiberg, Casey Tominaga, Jamarcus Lawrence all had 11. Derek Walker had 10 and 7 with four assists. Huskers forced 19 Minnesota turnovers. And a minute ago, you said they're not quite as good defensively without Gary and Bandamel. Nebraska had 13 steals yesterday. They did. I would still contend I, that, I, I that agree, other team is better defensively. I, I agree, but man, thirteen they were steals. All over. Sam had what three? Sam had two. Casey uh, had four. Okay, that, that's right. Casey, who, I mean, now you're starting to see the. I kind of laughed, and I, I knew he was a good shooter coming in, but the whole Japanese Steph Curry seemed a little ridiculous. But and he's not Steph Curry. I'm not saying that, but. Well, you're seeing why he was called the Japanese Steph Curry. Well, the way he more. cuts without the ball. I mean, how many times would you see the Warriors, especially when they were just absolutely no. rolling and they set the single-season wins record, half his points were uncontested layups because of the way he cut. You know what I like most about what I saw from Casey is his parents were in town. Uh, his, his former coach was in town. Yep. He only had 11 points, and a lot of guys would force shots. In that situation, like I've got to put it, I've got to put a big show on display for my former coach and for my parents. He didn't try to do that. He played within himself. He still was extremely effective. You mentioned the steals. He hit some big shots. He hit a three that was pretty closely guarded. I thought he played great, but he didn't try to force it. He understands that teams are coming out thirty feet on him, and other teams, other players benefited. (laughs) C.J. Wilcher had a great game. In part because they were covering Casey so well, uh, I would say uh, Greasel had a great game. In part because they're guarding him so far out on the floor, he and Walker open up the floor for everybody. 
Well, and, and that's the whole thing. When you've got a team that has literally six guys who could go for 20 on any given night. And the thing is, at the beginning of the season, Nebraska had seven or eight of those guys. Right. Two of them are just now no longer healthy enough to play. Right. But uh, the floor's more open than it was with those guys because you can't true. pack the lane offensively anymore. True. Yeah. Continuing on with the starting gate, Husker women snap a four-game skid with a 90-57 upset at number 25 Illinois on the road Wednesday. Huskers had five players in double figures, led by Jazz Shelley's 26, Izzy Bourne at 16 and 13. Today, senior day at PBA, and Nebraska rolled past Northwestern 80-64. They now sit 16 and 13 overall, 8 and 10 in the Big Ten Conference. They will be the number nine seed headed into next weekend's Big Ten Tournament. Baseball team is now 3-3-1 after a sweep of South Alabama. They won 5-4 on Friday, 15-3 yesterday, 9-3 today. Michael Garza today, six innings pitch in relief, no earned runs allowed. And the baseball team's starting to figure it out. They're figuring out how to not give away walks and hit batsmen, and they're always going to hit the ball well. Yep. And they're going to hit uh, eight home runs this weekend. Yeah. Uh, very impressive. Josh Karen is going to be a force. He had two home runs today. Yep. Anglum well, had another Dylan, home Dylan run Carey. today. Uh, Dylan Carey. I mean, yeah, he's going to be really good. Uh, he's only a freshman. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, th- I just think this team has weapons galore. Most of these guys coming into the season, I, I didn't know any of them. I mean, I yeah. knew you knew Max Anderson. You knew a few oh. other guys. Uh, but that was about it. By the way, Max Anderson, outside of the first two games of the year, is hitting like 614. Yeah. It's insane. He was two for four today. Uh, softball team improves to nine and six overall. They were four and one in a tournament down in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Um, as we mentioned, first non con road sweep for the baseball team since 2005. Um, Recruiting wise, everybody knows Dylan Riolo was in town yesterday. Number one player in the 2024 recruiting class, also in town yesterday on a visit on the basketball side. 25th best player in the country, uh, five star, seven foot two inch John Bull, and seems as though he absolutely loved his visit. He loves what Coach Hoiberg does with the bigs, and uh, he's a guy that Nebraska is going up against all the heavy hitters for him. He, he did but, say uh, he was he liked the fact that Hoiberg was interested in. Talking to his coaches, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not just recruiting John Bull; he's recruiting the coaches as well. Yep. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean, you're recruiting a top twenty-five player uh, with Kansas included. I mean, the, Michigan wants him badly. We'll see where it goes, but it's it's always nice when a recruit leaves and says, "Man, this this uh, this team has some stuff as far as toys are concerned that other schools, even in the Big Ten, don't have." And it checked all the boxes. That was one of the things he said. They checked all the boxes. And that's always important. Two other quick things, and one of them I'm not going to get into too much because it's a a strange situation down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, Tuesday, it was revealed that Alabama basketball's leading scorer, Brandon Reed, was sent a text message by teammate Darius Miles to bring him a gun which ultimately wound up being the murder weapon used in a shooting that happened back in January. It took the life of 23-year-old Jamia Janae Harris. Miles and his friend Michael Lynn Davis are facing capital murder charges. Alabama head coach Nate Oates and Brandon Reed, I'm just going to say I don't think they get it, that this is not a good thing. Earlier in the week, Oates made the comment that Reed was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time, and then he backtracks and he says, oh, well, I didn't know. How did you not know that Miles said it? Like, the, it, it just seems super so odd. So he was the res- 
the one responsible for bringing the gun to yes. his friend? Yes. It was in the backseat of his car. Evidently, How is Mi- that not a felony? Evidently, Miles had left the gun in the backseat of Brandon Reed's car. Reed didn't want to wait in line to get into the club. He went wherever. Miles texted him later and said, hey, bring my gun. So he shows back up. Miles goes into the backseat. This is all what came out in court on Tuesday. Miles grabs the gun, gives it to Michael Lynn Davis, who is his buddy. Davis was hitting on the girl that ultimately wound up being killed, and she turned him down, said, look, I'm with my boyfriend. No, I don't have any interest. So he decided he needed to uh, get get his his gun gun and, and shoot her. Uh, because she wasn't interested wow. in dating him. That is messy, messy, and, messy. That doesn't seem like he should at least be, you would think, by oats, suspended until they find out more about this case. Alabama's done no investigation whatsoever as a university. They said, oh, this is a police matter. We're going to let them handle it. The police say that that Brandon Reed has not done anything that would warrant charges. Um, there is accusations that Brandon Reed parked his vehicle to where the jeep that the young lady that passed away was in could not leave uh brandon reed's attorney says nope we've got video evidence that's you know wow. makes makes it so that that's not the and case. alabama i mean it's not like it, they're having a you know a 15 and 14 type year yeah, they're, 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 only, they're, they're number two in the country they're number two in the country they have been number one in the country they have uh reached heights in basketball that i haven't seen for a long long time for alabama and maybe never yeah, have they exactly. been uh, this good? They've been good periodically in the 70s and 80s, but this is as good as I remember Alabama basketball being. And it makes you think, well, they don't want, they got a chance to win a national title. So they're protecting somebody that maybe shouldn't be protected in it, this case. It just, it, this has a nasty smell to it. And then worse, this is, it's not worse. The, the young lady losing her life is the worst thing about this. But at some point this year, Brandon Reed, when he's introduced at home, he walks out and he gets patted down. Like, like he's under yeah. arrest. And he thought it was a good idea to go ahead and do that at the game yesterday. And then, of course, Nate Oates pleads the fifth, or pleads, pleads, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know they were going to do it. I'm busy drawing up. Play. This is, I just don't get it. These two seem completely clueless as to the fact that a young lady lost her life. And Greg Byrne, who I have the utmost respect for. Uh, I know Bill Byrne very okay. well. That's yeah. his son. He's probably the number one athletic director in I, college sports. I would agree, sports. but this is, this is nothing but egg on the face for the University of Alabama. And, and, and it, they couldn't have handled this I'd like this to know course. more. I mean, I hate to rush to judgment on everything, but this does not on the surface look very good. Well, that's the whole – do something other than like shrug a, your shoulders. It makes you kind of want to talk to privately Juwan Gary and say, what was the culture there like? Last year. It would be interesting. And I bet it was pretty good, actually, because they were good last year as well. Yeah. yeah. So enough about that. Uh, horrible situation. Sad that a young lady had to, to, to lose her life. And we'll see what transpires with it moving forward. Uh, big news this week from the Nebraska Athletic Department. August 30th, 2023, Memorial Stadium, Nebraska Volleyball versus the University Let's of go! Nebraska, Omaha at 7 o'clock. Nebraska Kearney and Wayne State at 3.30. A concert to follow. And they want to put 90,000 people in Memorial Stadium and tell Wisco, Penn State, and any other school that wants to try, you do not, will not ever touch the volleyball record for attendance for a single game. Um, Did you see what Kelly Sheffield said about this? No. Uh, Sam McEwen wrote about all the teams and, and some of the things we were talking about, how it was a really good weekend for Husker sports. 
Uh, then he shifted to shifted to Memorial Stadium and the fact that you know, John Cook is trying to sell out Memorial Stadium. And Kelly Sheff, that sounds like Nebraska. Like they're just trying to – because currently Wisconsin has beaten Nebraska volleyball 10 times in a row. They've won four straight conference championships. Yep. They just set the sellout record. So it's like – he's like – they're really serious about this stuff in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. They, they're, they're trying to set a record, obviously, that can't be broken. 90,000 well, fans. And, and think about it. Penn State and Michigan have got football facilities that would easily break the record. Right. But the difference is, and I, I get it, Penn State is a, is a big volleyball school. They won five straight national titles under Russ Rose. I get it. But do they have the fan support? Do right. they have 100,000 people that would show? No, they don't. I don't think so. This is the quote from Kelly Sheffield. He said, it speaks to the seriousness of how they take things like that, I guess, said Kelly Sheffield. Maybe, maybe I'll get a ticket and go. <laughs> He's talking about going to that, uh, that game. He goes, I wonder who the band might be. Uh, probably country. Yeah, um, we, but, we know it will. Uh, within the article, uh, Trev Alberts is the one that really pushed this thing because John Cook talked about having a dream and Bob Devaney was in the dream. And uh, so John Cook, in his dream about selling out Memorial Stadium, is talking to Bob Devaney. And Devaney says, you're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. He goes, no, he's trying to convince Bob Devaney that he could do this. And, he, and Bob Devaney says, you're crazy. Uh, but then he got a little cold feet. He was wondering... You know, playing outside, volleyball, all the all the things that we've never thought about it. They do it in Asia, but it's not very common here in the States. And really, this type of thing hasn't been tried. And I think maybe he got a little cold feet and Trev says, no, we're not. We're doing this thing. We are doing this thing. And I have a challenge for the athletic department. I, I think it's going to be Garth Brooks or some other big country act. Or who knows? Garth they, is pretty good, they, but live. I, I get it, but I, I want to challenge. I want to challenge him. Let's let's go with something more, not quite as as. Uh, you want Metallica? Yes, don't you? I want Metallica. <laughs> let's let's bring Metallica. You in know, as the uh, band. John Cook is a big Pearl Jam fan. What about Pearl Jam? I, I'm not, not. I'm not a big Pearl Jam fan, but I, I don't really care a whole lot for grunge. But I would take that in a heartbeat over Garth Brooks or anybody else. Well, Garth has already done it, so you would think that maybe they don't need to try that again. And he was very good. I was there uh, when he performed at Memorial Stadium, and he sings to a crowd really well. Metallica obviously would be really good, but you're talking about an older crowd. Let's face it, you're talking about. Uh, a volleyball crowd that tends to be in their 50s, 60s, well, and sometimes older. And, and, than and that. I get it. There's no chance that it would be Metallica, but still, um, it's going to be cool. I mean, oh, ninety thousand, ninety thousand. Well, yeah, I'll be there. I don't know where. I will have a ticket. I will go buy a ticket, and I'll walk down there because I only live two miles from the stadium. But um, yeah, it's going to be a blast. Uh, by the way, you were talking about. We were just talking about Sam McEwen and uh, our friend. Dirk Chatland, who I've had many times on my shows and, of course, retiring from the Omaha World Herald. I don't know that that's in your rundown for the week, but he has announced that he's dropping back, leaving the Omaha World Herald. Your thoughts about that? Um, I'm not happy about it at all. I, Dirk is one of the most talented writers, and I always love the fact that he pisses off so many people by his articles because he simply asks questions that are not easy for people to respond to. And when he gives commentary and opinion, it's very well thought out. And for people that don't agree, especially people that are the Kool-Aid drinkers uh, of, of all 
Nebraska can do no wrong and, you know, whatever. Anytime Dirk would write an article where it was critical of something, someone in the athletic department, you'd have the, the people that would just, you know, you're the reason, Dirk. It's you and your attitude is why they are right. this. And, and, and I'm like, I, I would I respect him so much for having the cojones to, to write the way he does. Um, He's one of the best writers I've ever read. And, and he'll say things that we're all thinking that sometimes we'll yeah. say in private, but we're unwilling to say in a big room where we know I, others don't feel quite the same way that we do. I've never been known to keep my mouth shut. No, that is ever. true. That is true. But <laughs> sometimes I, I say, Mike, keep your mouth shut. Exactly. But I will tell you right now, Dirk Chatlin does what I do writing wise, and he's done it on the air as well. He does it so much more eloquently. And he has said things that I wouldn't say. Yeah. And I'm a guy that has never shied away from sharing my opinion. Let's face it. Uh, you were a little bit like Dirk. And you and Dirk were one of the first two that I remember saying, this thing with Scott Frost ain't going to work. And Scott uh, and Dirk was on it very early. Yeah. And people were not way. happy with Dirk nope. for saying it and then printing it. Yeah. And writing columns about At, why he didn't think this was going to... He was hoping still, like the rest of us, that it was yep. going to work. But it, he actually said it out loud. He didn't think it was going to work. Now, Northwestern game, uh, first year. The way he coached the end of that game. I, I was just like, this is not a guy that knows what he's doing. I, I didn't think he was going to be successful here. I, I hoped. I, I did. I'm a Nebraska fan. Yep. I want him to win. But uh, I, I'm happy with where we're at today. We had Dirk many times uh, and sometimes on the Sarder Heyman text line. Even Honda the Honda, Honda, yep. We would have Dirk on for 20 minutes, and then somebody would call on the Honda of Lincoln hotline or the Sarder Heyman text line and say, man, I don't like him. Yeah. But you know what? He's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, it's funny. Respect is one of those things that a lot of people expect, and, and it seems as though as you get older, you understand that you have to, to earn it. And Dirk Chatlin was a guy from day one when he was – you know, 20 years old, and, I, and the article that he references in his final article for the, the World Herald that uh, was in the paper this morning, he references the Shane Khomeini article where he drove down to Wichita. Khomeini. Khomeini. Uh, and, like, literally the very first article that he writes, he's, he's doing something that is earning respect. He's not writing a fluff piece. He's going and he, he's working hard. He's making an effort. He's pitching ideas. Like, everything he did from day one has always been to earn respect. I don't know if that was ultimately what he was thinking. I need to go earn people's respect. But when you look back at his career, that's what I saw. Everything he did was just simply him doing his due diligence, putting in the hard work, doing things the right way, and trying to be as absolutely fair to everybody as he possibly could, even if he was critical of them. Right. Sam wrote, uh, wrote this today in his column on Dirk Chatlin. His columns on Nebraska athletics were fun-filled fact uh, turning facts into the hearts of Husker fans. You bet he ruffled feathers. Uh, think of every friend and family member you know who loves Nebraska football, basketball, and volleyball. Do you agree about everything? Of course not. Dirk's gift is knowing Nebraska and knowing Nebraskans. I've had people tell me Dirk's wrong about everything, except for that one thing he was right about, or that other thing. Yeah, there was the third thing that he was right about. A fan might argue with him on Tuesday then have dinner with him on Friday. I mean, believe it or not, Dirk is a people person. And when you get to know him, you love the guy. Uh, he rarely turned me down 
for interviews. I don't think he really wants to talk right now because he's going through this thing about, you know, what's his next step in life. And I know he talks to Jack Mitchell. He talks to him on a regular basis uh, on one of our, our fellow stations here in town. Um, but I, I just enjoyed talking to him over the years because you could always get the truth. And that's not always easy to get out of everybody. That's it, and it's so funny because a lot of people simply don't want to hear the truth. They want to, they want to hear what they want to hear. And I get it. Sometimes the truth is what you believe it to be. Yeah. Uh, but what I guess a better way of stating it is he would give you what he believed to be true. And then uh, he'd back it up with facts. And then he'd back it up some really good facts and you'd think that's probably true. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Dirk Chatlin, we will miss you. That's Is that it for the starting gate? That you is. got everything? Yep. All right. Um, let's talk... Let's talk a little Husker baseball, shall we? Oh, I think we shall. Uh, after starting 0-3-1, and that last one was so painful coming out of that San Diego series. They had it won. They lo- they tie it. And there should be no – there's no crying in baseball. Why is there no tying in baseball? There shouldn't uh, be any tying in baseball. I, I would agree, but you got to talk to the airlines about yeah, that. That's right. Uh, so Nebraska now, their first non-con road sweep – uh, since 2005, and uh, Husker Baseball is looking up uh, this weekend. We'll talk to Evan Bland, who writes about Husker Baseball for the Omaha World Herald. We'll do that coming up next.